This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Anthem of the Seas this week. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. And at the end of this week's show, I was on the air with the morning show over at KABC in Los Angeles earlier this week. So if you care to hear that, it's about a three and a half minute segment. I'll put it at the very end after Cruise Krager does his spiel. Also, we're getting to the time of year where a lot of cruise news is coming out. So I want to implore that if you have not subscribed to the cruise radio news briefings, the daily ones Monday through Friday, you might want to do that because that's pretty up to date five days a week. So if we miss something on cruise radio, it'll be on cruise radio news. All right. Sherry Laskin is here with cruise news. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Carnival announced two big Bahamas projects. They did. Carnival and the Bahamian government have filed an agreement to permit Carnival to begin work on those two new projects. So Carnival plans to develop a new cruise port destination, as well as dig in for some major improvements to Little San Salvador, which is home, of course, to Holland America's Half Moon Key. So the new cruise destination, we know a little bit, will be located on the south side of Grand Bahama Island, and it will be, as Carnival said, quote, a uniquely Bahamian destination with a spectacular beachfront and exciting features. <laughs> but what those features are going to be isn't yet known. Over at Little San Salvador Island, Carnival plans to build an actual pier. Currently, ships must anchor offshore. But, you know, the upside to that is when you're on the beach, you can take some really great photos of your ship across the water. So that probably won't, you know, that won't last forever. The project is expected to cost over $180 million and will begin sometime in 2020 once all the environmental studies are completed. You know, I was reading some of the comments on this story and people were saying, how dare Carnival go into Grand Bahama Island and build this destination when a Hurricane Dorian just hit. But this has been in the works for a long time. And not to mention, this is going to give hundreds of of Bahamians' jobs building this project over the next couple of years. Yeah, there's a, there's an upside to that, of course. And um, yeah, you know, it'll, not only will it'll just keep, you know, more money will keep flowing in and just hope that no more hurricanes decide to, you know, wreck any new construction that happens. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what features they're going to include if they're trying to compete with Perfect Day at Coco Key. <laughs> I hate saying that. A cruise ship rescues those from a sinking yacht. Yeah, this is pretty scary. And it happened last week all the way across the globe off the coast of New Caledonia. So three men were out in the yacht when they ran over a rope and it was caught in the engine. I don't know how that happens, but the yacht's hull was damaged and the boat soon began taking on water. And though they tried and tried to manually empty the water and also with bilge pumps the water just wouldn't stop they were forced to abandon ship and deploy the life raft so luckily one of the men was able to contact his wife who lived in new caledonia and she relayed the sos to marine authorities who then contacted pno australia who then contacted pacific dawn 
and the ship altered course to find and then rescue the stranded boaters. All ended well for the three men, but the yacht, of course, soon sank. Wow, and that was some deep water, too. They're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they won't be recovering that one. No. So a passport is now required to visit this Caribbean island. Yeah, so if you're a U.S. citizen, if your cruise departs from the United States and the itinerary includes Martinique, you will now need a valid passport just to go ashore. Martinique is located in the French West Indies, and it's really quite French. And you'll find that most stores only accept euros. But the good news on that front is that as of today, the U.S. dollar and the euro are nearly at par. But um, also Martinique has an unusual requirement. Your U.S. passport only has to be valid for three, not the usual six months, from the day of your departure from Martinique. Some cruise lines with Martinique on their itineraries next year will include Seabourn, Princess, Oceana, and Holland America. Haven't we seen this before with Martinique and Guadeloupe? Yeah, um, the two that are still, you know, they still speak French, and St. Bart's is also on that list. Yeah. Is this something to do with the governing nation of those islands? Well, it's France. You know, they're just probably trying to protect their little islands. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I just, I've searched this deep and wide and can't find anything on any site. So that's good insight there. Um, Norwegian. hmm? I was just going to interject about when we went to Guadeloupe and we had to hand in our passports, didn't we? Oh, yes. On Costa Atlantica. No, Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Yep. We had to hand in our passports in order to go ashore in Guadeloupe. And then we just hoped we, we would get them back. Because it's not like you're on a small ship where, you know, you can get your passport and not worry about it. But, um, yeah, it all worked out fine, but it was unusual, wasn't it? So Norwegian Cruise Line is the next cruise line to get rid of plastics. Yeah, and this is, um, they're going to set a precedent because Norwegian Cruise Line will become the first cruise line to totally eliminate all plastic water bottles. The date is set for January 1 of 2020 and is just around the corner The project will begin aboard the Norwegian Encore when the ship is launched uh, this month, actually, in Europe. Norwegian Cruise Line is partnered with a company called Just Goods, Inc. Their water product, called Just Water, is 100% spring water from the Glens Falls watershed at the base of the Adirondack Mountains in New York. And it actually does meet the requirements of all 50 states for safe drinking water. So if you're wondering about the packaging... Just Water is packaged in a paper-based bottle made from renewable resources that can be naturally regrown. So I looked into this, I was kind of curious, and learned that the makeup of these paper-based bottles is 54% paper from certified forests, 28% plant-based plastic, 15% traditional plastic, and 3% aluminum. So I think if you read this carefully... It's they will eliminate all plastic with a hyphen in their water bottles. So there's still a little bit of plastic in these new ones. But anyway, getting back to Norwegian, the cruise line will eventually eliminate all single use plastic from their ships. And plastic straws, if you remember, were removed from all Norwegian ships last year. So you'll still be able to purchase water before your cruise as well as when on board. As of right now, a half liter will cost four dollars while a full liter has the the supposed price tag of $5. Water packages will also be available for purchase. This whole thing confuses me because, yeah, we're on this plastic thing, but weren't we once told that 
like 12% of the Earth's oxygen comes from the rainforest? It isn't. You know, it's 54% paper from certified forests that are apparently they can be naturally regrown. I don't know if that's a special, you know, tree farm that they use. And the plant-based plastics, don't know about that. Yeah, I did a little bit of research, and that's what I came up with. What's the solution, right? We yeah. have to drink water. I like what celebrities doing with the water in the cans and the glass bottles. The glass bottles, I like. The cans mm-hmm. are made of aluminum, and I'm still leery about aluminum. And during the filming of Wizard of Oz in 1939, the Tin Man had aluminum poisoning. Did you know that? They had to stop filming for a little while. Seriously? Yeah. Wow, there must have been in the in the paint that. Yeah, used, it was. I guess. It was yeah. in the makeup. Sounds like Goldfinger. Yeah. I was watching a behind-the-scenes Wizard of Oz on the transfer bus from Brooklyn to Newark the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, yeah. A random fact. All right, back to the news here. Uh, Disney Cruise Line is returning to this Gulf Coast port. They are. Disney Cruise Line just announced that it will home port the Disney Wonder in New Orleans next year. Disney Wonder will cruise from the Big Easy beginning in January 2021 through the end of February. And it's a short stint, but, you know, it's especially great for Disney lovers who live on the Gulf Coast or nearby, and they can just drive there. So from New Orleans, the ship will cruise several different itineraries of varying lengths. Most of the cruises will be either four or five nights and visit the nearby Western Caribbean. There will also be three seven-night cruises, and they will go to the Bahamas and include Disney's private destination at Castaway Key, plus Nassau and Key West. Finally, on February 26, 2021, Disney Wonder says bon voyage to New Orleans with a 14-night westbound Panama Canal cruise to San Diego. And reservations are now open for all the sailings. All right. Listener question comes from Tim today. Email your questions to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. By the way, I just got back from a trip and I am severely backlogged answering right now, but I will get to you, I promise. Tim asks, when a cruise line has a problem and gives guests a 50% future cruise credit, what are the terms for that? Is it 50% off your next cruise? Yeah, and that would be wonderful, Tim, if it was. But actually, the way they base the compensation is that it's 50% of 50% of the cost of the cruise that you were just on, not 50% off a future cruise. So the actual amount is based on the basic cruise fare that you paid for the cruise you were on. And that does not include port charges, fees, and taxes. And also, you really should check the fine print and see if there's any booking restrictions. Um, Sometimes there's a time limit or, you know, an expiration date to when you have to book and pay for the next cruise with your um, 50% cruise credit. So, you know, when you do get it, um, it will show the amount. But yeah, it's interesting to try to figure out. It sounds so glib when they say, you know, we'll get 50% off any future cruise, but there are some rules and regulations. And that is one of them. So I want to break it down for my five-year-old mind. If I paid $1,000 for my cruise, something yes. happened, Carnival gave me a 50% future cruise credit, I would roughly have $500 to use towards booking a next cruise? That's assuming the base cruise fare that you paid was $1,000. Right, you know, exactly. By the t- yeah. By okay. the time you add import charges, taxes, and all that, it could be $1,400. But yeah, you will just get 50%. Of the basic cruise fare that you paid. That's why you are Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug.
If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. So Christy and her husband just returned from a nine-night Canada New England cruise on Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas. Christy joins us on the show. Hey, Christy. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. Now, before we get to the uh, ship itself, we're going to take a step back. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts. You're over in California. What made you want to take this nine-night Canada New England cruise clear across the country? <laughs> well, we wanted to go somewhere that wasn't Mexico or mm-hmm. the Caribbean, and we wanted to escape the California heat. So the itinerary looked great and different exciting places to go. And we have family over in New York and thought it would be great to be able to see them before we left. And that was why we chose the the ship that we chose. You mentioned you had family over there. So you got to spend a little time in Manhattan pre-cruise? Yeah, we uh, spent a day before the ship left and went to Central Park and did a whole tour of New York and then went over to New Jersey where the ship left. What was your favorite part of like just touring New York? Central Park, definitely. It was very green. It rained a lot that day. So Mm -hmm. we uh, braved the rain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You made your way to the cruise terminal to embark Anthem of the Seas. How was the embarkation process for you? It was pretty smooth. Um, Getting to the port, there was a lot of traffic. We uh, took an Uber and just leading up to the drop off zone took a bit, maybe like 15 minutes. And then once we got off, got out of the Uber, um, we were super quick in the terminal, probably less than 10 minutes. Our boarding time was between 1.30 and 2 and we stuck pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything went we everything went OK, except uh, our luggage was found on the other side of the ship. It wasn't in front of our door, so we were walking, just exploring and getting a little worried about our luggage, and it ended up being in front of someone else's door on the other side of the ship. So that was an adventure. Oh, boy. So so from curb to ship, how long did it take? Probably 15 minutes or less. The embarkation that they do in Bayonne, is it— um, like, is it all the digital where they're checking you in with iPads and you're uploading your photo before you get to the port and all of that? Yeah, I did everything except the picture. So mm-hmm. they just had to take our picture. 
And then we walked right on. What were your first impressions of Anthem? So this was the first Royal Caribbean cruise we had ever done. So, and it was also the biggest ship we've ever been on. And we really liked the nice modern decor. And we really liked that Royal Esplanade. Decorations were great. And yeah. Okay. Very good. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book? And what did you think of it? We booked a balcony stateroom, um, probably toward the front of the ship. And it was also very modern. All the ships I've gone on were a lot older. So it was nice that everything went, all the decor went and the size was great. There was plenty of room for storage and there was two closets and they had the outlets that have the, um, for the USB. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Um, the bathroom was pretty, pretty spacious for a cruise, I would say. How digital is that ship as far as, you know, you download the app before you go? I mean, are you using the app throughout the whole cruise? They do have the app, but I couldn't figure out how to do the internet. Okay. So I just relied on the paper um, newsletters that would come each day. It's <laughs> probably better for your eyes anyways. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about dining on board the ship. And gosh, I sailed this ship when it first came out. So we're talking like four or five years ago. But um, the dining, the main dining room situation, is it one main dining room or do they have a couple of main dining rooms? I think they have four. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, how was that? The food, it was okay. Um, We did the late night dining Um, and then towards the end of the cruise, we wanted to try the anytime to see if they would let us. And we would go early at like six 30 and they would actually still seat us, which was nice. So we could have our own table. Mm -hmm. Um, we liked the food on carnival better, which we were really surprised by. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who sail Royal, um, I'll probably get hate email now, but a lot of people (laughs) say though, that you know, from ship to ship, Carnival is very consistent, whereas Royal, it's kind of hit or miss from ship to ship. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Back to the main dining room, though. So there's a few different or a couple of different main dining rooms. Like, are you eating in the same one every night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the same dining room, the same people every single night. Okay. And then when you switched it up to any time, it was a different dining room? Yeah. Okay. It would be whatever they had available, which was kind of cool because they were all decorated differently. So it was nice to be in different areas. And one night we got to sit right by the window when it was sunset. So that mm-hmm. was a happy surprise. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how was the Windjammer buffet? The Windjammer was okay. We ate there almost every day for breakfast. And it got old fast, especially on a nine-night cruise. Mm-hmm. And then we would usually eat there for lunch on days that we weren't in port. And everything was just kind of mediocre would kind of seem like things had been sitting for a while. They serve some mean cookies on that ship, though. <laughs> I, I would destroy them every night after the bar. I would go oh, up there. Oh, man, and I wish I would have known. Yeah, so good. And they weren't serving milk, but I was using the milk that you're supposed to use for the coffee. And I was just yeah. filling my glass up with that milk. It's probably cream, actually, now that I think about it, but whatever. It was so good. Um, but yeah, that was uh, like 60 pounds ago. But anyway, so um, did you do any specialty? We did. We did the two-night package that included chops and then another one of our choice. And so we did chops on our second night, and that was really good. Really good steak, really good service. Um, and then on our second to last sea day, we did Wonderland, which I really enjoyed. Um, we're not super adventurous eaters, 
But we heard about Wonderland and we decided to give it a shot. And we're so glad that we did. And um, the presentation of everything was great. Yeah. So what is it about Wonderland? Because I, when I sent my writer on Symphony of the Seas, she bragged about it. Like she said it was her <laughs> best meal she's ever had on a cruise ship. Like what makes it so wonderful? I think that just things that you wouldn't think would be good are great. Like they presented a tomato soup in a glass vial Mm -hmm. and it was like a shot of tomato soup and the flavor in it was just really great. My husband doesn't like tomato soup and we ordered another one. Um, It was also really cool that it was all the different elements. Like it was wind, fire, water, and you never knew what you were going to get, but you wanted to try it all. (laughs) And the wait staff there was really great. They said anything that we liked, they would bring us more of. So we got more of the tomato soup and the dessert was great how they presented it. It was in a big ball and then they poured hot syrup on it and it like melted everywhere. Mm -hmm. And just like something I'd never experienced before. So it sounds like very whimsical. So in with the name Wonderland, is there any kind of like take on Alice in Wonderland? How that's kind of like really trippy? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Trying to be Alice in Wonderland without infringing on copyright. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. And chops. What made chops so good? I think just the the way that they cooked the steaks, mm-hmm. especially comparing to the steaks that was in the main dining room, it was definitely a step up. Like it would be like if you actually went out to a restaurant and then I I can't even remember what the the appetizers were because the steak was just the standout. (laughs) Did you have the drink package on this cruise? We did not. And um, we were in port so many days. So we figured that it wasn't really worth it for us. One thing that we were annoyed by was that lemonade was only served until the buffet was closed and then nowhere else had lemonade. So that was kind of annoying. If you wanted anything besides water after 9 p.m., you had to buy a drink. That is by design, I'm sure. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) How about the Cafe Promenade? We never ate at the Cafe Promenade. We always meant to, and then we never did. It's kind of tucked way back there, and you don't really think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did go to the pizza place. That was really good. They did a good job at always having pizza available. Um, only once we came up and there was no pizza and they were pretty stressed about like the (laughs) line started forming. Um, and then we tried the hot dog place. That was, um, that was good. Typical hot dog. On this nine night cruise, how was the entertainment? Because like with a port intensive itinerary like this, I mean, a lot of people are out touring all day and then are kind of just doing dinner and going to sleep. Did you get to catch any of the entertainment at nighttime? Yeah, I went, we went to a couple shows that had the singers and dancers. Um, we went to a couple of the game shows they had. Those were all really great and fun. Um, we didn't go to any of the big shows like We Will Rock You and um, The Gift because they didn't really appeal to us. And mm-hmm. I, the We Will Rock You just sounded too long. So we never... We decided not to go to those. The cruise director on this ship wasn't the best that I've had before. He didn't have as much enthusiasm as I've seen on the carnival ships. This ship was definitely geared toward people a lot older. All the music was 70s, 80s, a bunch of like 60s nights and that kind of stuff, which I enjoyed. But it would have been nice to have a little bit more modern 
take. Um, there was a silent disco, which I had heard on the podcast a bit ago, and we went to that. They had that twice. And that was really fun. We really enjoyed that. And I'm the same like with the Rock of Ages, We Will Rock You, Bohemian Rhapsody, whatever the, mm-hmm. the, the queen one they had on the other ship. Um, I can't sit still that long <laughs> to watch these things. Like, and they have not, like a, on a, not on a cruise ship. Like, yeah, I uh-uh. could on, on land because I know it's going to be like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But on the ships, they just – there's lacking something. Yeah, like we, we saw Beetlejuice in – on Broadway a couple of months ago, and that was just amazing. And that was like almost three hours long. But put me in a cruise ship theater for three hours, or even two, <laughs> two and a half hours, two hours and 15? Uh-uh, no way. Yeah, I feel like 45 minutes to an hour 15, yeah. and everyone's yeah. good. Done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about um, as far as crowds and congestion on sea days? How was that? So there would be a lot of crowds when a big show would come out or something mm-hmm. that was popular, like one of the comedians. Um, the buffet during popular meal times would feel pretty crowded, but most other times it was pretty well spread out. There weren't very many kids on this ship, so the adult area would actually be busier than the normal areas for the pools. I'm trying to think on this ship. There, there's a solarium. Yes. Okay. Yeah, in the back, of, in the front, of, in the front of the ship. And so, like as far as the the pool spaces and the lounging areas outside. I'm assuming the weather wasn't like too chilly where you could enjoy the outside, was it? On the way after Bar Harbor, Mm -hmm. it was pretty cold and no one would be outside. So the indoor pools definitely got a lot of use. I'm getting excited about my cruise now. (laughs) We love the cold, so we were really excited. It's been so hot here in Florida and I can't (laughs) wait to get out of here and go north. Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about the ports of call then. Um, and what we'll do here is give us the port of call, give us a highlight, and then move to the next one. So the first one was Boston. Um, that one was one of our favorites. We got off and we did the Freedom Trail. And so we saw the Paul Revere house and everything. Um, that was and had a really good Italian lunch. That was great. Uh, then we went to Portland, Maine, and we did some just local shopping and we went to a brewery then next was bar harbor we had to tender into there and we took a tour of acadia national park and that was gorgeous just a two and a half hour tour that we booked on our own and then we had a day at sea and then we did saint john new brunswick um there was not too much there it was definitely a yay you're in canada um, lots of those kind of shops and we mm-hmm. just walked around. There's a great candy shop that we went to. Last stop was in Halifax and there's a lot of great shops and restaurants right when you get off the ship, right by the water. But we walked up and went to the public garden, which was gorgeous. Yeah. Halifax is beautiful along all along their waterfront. And I mean, even the Citadel is like walking distance from the ship. It's, it's so amazing yeah. out there. You know? Yeah. It's a very walkable city. So back to the ship for a second. Uh, I forgot to ask you, how was the casino with the smoke situation in or around? We hung out at the casino a little bit. They had a $2 mimosa happy hour on the sea days at noon, which was great. Um, And then we gambled like very little. And we had a hard time in certain areas of the casino were smoking and then other areas weren't. And in those smoking areas, it was pretty heavy. 
So we tried to avoid those areas, but you could definitely, every time you walked in, you could smell the smoke. You took a tour of Acadia National Park. How was that? It was great. It was called Ollie's Trolleys, and it was Mm -hmm. just this little trolley bus with a narrated speaker person telling us everything, all the history. And we took three different spots that we spent 15 minutes at each spot. And I really enjoyed that. We went all the way up to the top of the main mountain, but it was foggy that day. So the view wasn't as stunning as it could have been. But on the way up, we could see like the ship and everything. So we really enjoyed that. Are the ships actually docking in Bar Harbor now? Uh, We tendered in. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Okay. Yeah. So no doctor. That was yet. the only one we had to tender in, which was nice. How was tendering on a on a big ship like that? It wasn't too bad because we started our day later, mm-hmm. um, so we barely had to wait. But um, we went back to the ship, and then we wanted to come back to port for like the last hour and a half, and we had to wait a bit for the next tender because there weren't very many people going off the ship at that time compared to people coming back. <laughs> Did y'all get any lobster or blueberry pie in Bar Harbor? We did not. We're actually not lobster people. Okay. (laughs) And it was, the blueberries were everywhere. We were shocked. Like, we had no idea that was really popular there, and we were just going in all these (laughs) shops. And then blueberries was, like, everywhere we looked. (laughs) Yeah, they're really pushing their blueberries on you up there in Bar Harbor. Um, They are. Yeah. So you make your way back to Bayonne. How was disembarkation? It was very easy. We decided to do the self-assist so we could walk right off because we had to get to our flight. And they didn't even have us take our passport out. They just used the face identifier. And then we took an Uber all the way to LaGuardia Airport. Do you remember about what that ran you? It was about $100 even. Okay. Wow. You would have been cheaper taking the cruise line transfer, huh? Or was it about the same price? We asked them if they had one to LaGuardia, and they said no. Everything (laughs) was going to Newark. Yeah. I didn't plan that well. (laughs) We flew into Newark, and then we flew out of LaGuardia. So it's funny you say that, because I'm actually flying into JFK for this Mm -hmm. cruise, this Canada New England cruise, and I'm flying out of Newark. So I'm wondering if Carnival does runs to Newark. I'll have to check probably. on Probably. Yeah, they probably should. Huh. Mm-hmm. So since this was your first time sailing Royal Caribbean and Anthem of the Seas, uh, do you have any first-time tips to offer? I would say definitely do a dining package, whichever one you decide. Specialty dining is really great on these ships compared to the normal dining. Um, I would say do the anytime dining if you want to just be seated mostly with your party instead of be with um, a big group. Go to the silent disco. That was one of the highlights of our trip. We really enjoyed that, and they have it twice, so that helped. We also enjoyed going to the captain speaking. It was a Q&A session with the captain and the major officers, and that was really interesting. Very good. Well, in closing, your final thoughts of Anthem of the Seas. Anthem of the Seas is a great ship. It was nice to go on something that was built within the last decade, I would say. Um, Very interesting ports of call, and I would would definitely recommend it. Christy, thank you so much for sharing this review of your nine-night Canada-New England cruise aboard Anthem. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. All right, Dougie, here we go for uh, the new uh, cruise radio stuff here for you. 
Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Doug Parker is the host of Cruise Radio Podcast. Doug, good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, Steve. How are you? And you can talk about Tom Cruise. You know what? I was wondering where this was going, but great segue, by the way. Okay. Well, for the first time since Hurricane Dorian delivered a devastating blow to parts of the Caribbean, a cruise ship has returned to Freeport on Grand Bahama Island. It took some time, Doug, but they're back. They are, yeah. It's Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line was the first ship back. First ship with passengers back, and they're doing a good thing over there, too. They're letting their passengers passengers do um, humanitarian aid as well, if they so desire to. So um, I think that's a good thing. As far as when, like, Carnival, Royal, Norwegian Cruise Line are heading back there, jury's still out on all that. I was just on a cruise last week. I was on the Symphony of the Seas, which is a Royal Caribbean ship. And we were supposed to go to certain islands, and then Tropical Storm Karen came along, and they rerouted us to other islands. And oddly enough, one of the islands that they rooted us to was the Bahamas. Now, we went to their private island, so it wasn't like going into one of the cities where you got to see the devastation or the but, but aftermath just, just of Dorian. Just to be accurate about this, uh, Nassau was okay. Yes, Nassau was fine. The other parts, I think it was Abaco, was hit particularly hard. But they were very much um, into the raising money for the island sort of thing, and they put it front and center in front of all the passengers and talked about what the company was doing and tried to get passengers to kick in as well. Are the cruise companies, as a general rule, being good about that with the local people there? You know, I feel like they are. Um, Just you were on your cruise and you saw that happening. I was on a carnival ship last week as well, and they actually had we can kick in some cash for, um, you know, to support Freeport and the islands over there. But, yeah, I mean, like Carnival Cruise Line or Carnival Corporation, I should say, they chartered a tropical cargo ship over there with uh, 250 containers with over 10 million pounds of supplies. And like MSC Cruises, they have MSC Shipping and they chartered ships to drop supplies off as well. So I feel it's very symbiotic, right? Because the cruise lines depend on those close destinations to Florida, and then those destinations depend on the cruise line money. And what a lot of the people on the Bahamas needed was the drink package, so I don't know if they came through with that. <laughs> uh, by the way, from at this point, does it look like everything will ever get back to normal in that part of the Bahamas? Well, as far as where the cruise lines go, so... You know, people generalize like the Bahamas was hit kind of like two years ago when Irma hit. People said the Caribbean was shut down and there's over 100 Caribbean islands and like five islands were shut down last uh, two years ago. Um, I think that it's it's going to be a rebuilding process, but also the Freeport area that was hit um, that is part of Grand Bahama Island. That was on the southern part of Grand Bahama. So and on the western part as well. So it didn't get a lot of the, the brunt of the storm that more so happened out east into the northern parts of the island. All right, Doug Parker, host of the Cruise Radio podcast. You can get him on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Thanks so much for stopping by, and we'll have you back the next time Tom Cruise meets with the head of state. Thank you, Doug. (laughs) Thank you, John. Thank you, Steve. All right, it's 943 in the a.m. Let's go ahead and take a look at those Tuesday roads.